0: The CineSnob Podcast is brought to you by Alamo Drafthouse. Cody, what's coming up next week?
1: Coming up on the 25th of July is a bridesmaid champagne party. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we're, we're showing a, a screening of bridesmaids. It's a quote along. And um, it's going to be at uh, 7.30 p.m. at Alamo Drafthouse Park North, our usual spot. Um, and it's going to be... Uh, a screening that's it's a little different. Usually we do the $5 that goes to uh, towards your food and beverage voucher. This time around we're doing $12 tickets, but every ticket comes with a glass of champagne, and you get to keep the glass. Ooh, ooh what kind of glass is it?
0: Is it just a, like a, is it a champagne flute, or is it... Uh... Yeah, it's a champagne flute, yeah. Oh, I don't have any champagne flutes, so...
1: And I must say, uh, you better get on this quick, because we are almost sold out.
0: So uh, um, I... I hear we might be able to do something special.
1: Yes, there is something in the works, a contest of sorts, um, that I really, I, I think we're going to get to do. I hope we get to do, but it's an in-theater contest. So um, uh, let's just say that we're going to have uh, a few ladies take <laughs> on one of the challenges uh, that we see in a very famous scene in the movie. Mm. So they're going to they're
0: shit all over a dress shop?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a shitting contest. Best streak and win.
2: You, and you win a free puppy.
1: Yeah. 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 No puppies will be given out at this screening. I apologize to everyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Again, that is our Bridesmaids Quote Along uh, Bridesmaids Champagne Party, it's referred to mm-hmm. on the website. That is on Monday, July 25th, 7.30 p.m., Alamo Drafthouse Park North. Tickets are $12. You can get them at drafthouse.com. Do get them quick because Cody sends me screenshots every day of how quickly we're selling out.
1: Yeah, I think we have like 14 tickets left and there's only a few that are together. So um, get on that.
0: So uh, are you going to lead a toast, a champagne toast?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking because <clears throat> I'm going to host it. So I'm going to you know run our little contest and then I'll do a little toast and – and uh, and and we'll get it. So it should be really fun, actually. I'm I'm excited to to show this movie because I think that, you know, with Ghostbusters it times out really well, and uh, and yeah, we we don't do a lot of marketing to the female audience, so this is our chance to get in touch <laughs> with the ladies here.
0: Yeah, uh, you can you should dress up like Paul Feig does all the time. He's always oh, in and wear suit. like some fancy pocket square and bow tie. He's always in a suit and he always looks dashing. Uh, Anyway, that is uh, the Bridesmaids Champagne Party, Monday, July 25th. (laughs) I was going to say 2016, but you get it. Uh, (laughs) Alamo Drafthouse Park, North, 7.30 p.m. Again, get your tickets at drafthouse.com. They're going fast. Let's start the show.
1: In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the Internet. A feat attempted by many and conquered by many to produce a relatively
0: listenable podcast. Devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know that, right? <laughs> no! Wait! Okay, no. They're puppets. Don't ruin it. And
1: <laughs> Muppets <laughs> are puppets. <That's> <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever, but. It's uh, Feig. I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea. Asking the important questions. <laughs> what
2: is that? What was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man.
1: That's it's a Hulkbuster.
0: Hulkbuster armor. That's, that's, that's how he fights fat Iron Man.
1: <laughs> this is the Snob Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 83 of the Snob Podcast. I am Jared Kingery.
1: I am Cody Viafania.
0: And I'm Kiko Martinez.
1: 1983 is when Return of the Jedi was released in theaters. You guys, nice. Yeah, I was. I was not born.
2: He was a twinkle in his mother's eye. <laughs> I thought it was
1: father's eye. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. I it? think that's how that goes.
2: Oh.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Because he knows he's going to get some. That's what that means. <laughs> that's why there's a twinkle. Highly inappropriate. <laughs> Um uh so um uh, uh the three of us uh might be in mourning a little bit because uh this week saw the retirement of San Antonio Spurs legend, Tim Duncan. <sighs> Cody, I uh I s I think I broke the news to you. Yeah um and you I think your quote was god damn it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was not emotionally prepared for, and I don't think it's still sunk in yet. But, um, but I just was not like I, I thought he was going to give it one more year and do the the whole farewell thing. And
2: really, you did? No, yeah, way.
1: no, I well, because Tim Duncan had always been the guy who said he was going to do it till the wheels fall off, and he had spurts last year where he looked really good. And well, that's um, the thing. I think the wheels did fall off. I don't. Think-
0: I mean, I saw games. He didn't look good. I mean, he missed, he he powered through game six against the the Thunder and missed some easy layups. And I was like, man, this is it. And then, like, I think that
2: was a, um, what's his name from the front office? um, Buford? The one that makes all the decisions. Buford. What is it? RC Buford? RC Buford had an interview with somebody a couple of days ago, or maybe it was today. I don't know. I
0: want to listen to that podcast. I hear it's great. But yeah, the a, I think it's get the, with the podcast the, but they
2: broke it down and he said that he literally doesn't have his knees anymore.
0: So it's um the vertical I believe with uh You're right oh, with Woj? It? Yeah, yeah, with Woj. Um, um it's apparently a great great episode. Um mm-hmm. I just haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I, I was I was more than prepared for it to happen. Um the I I felt it in game 6 against the Thunder. Um you know the TNT crew uh was it TNT that aired that? Or was it ESPN?
1: It might have been ESPN. Well, uh, I can't remember. I remember. They remember. they
0: alternate. I can't remember what the crew, but they were they were they were cognizant of the fact that it could have been Duncan's last game. I, have, I think
1: I think maybe for me the reason it was so hard for me is because you know Tim Duncan was drafted in '97, and I was you know eight eight years old when that happened, and so my entire <laughs> lifespan pretty much has been you know led by Tim Duncan, and so I don't I don't know any other difference you know yeah i can't remember much past you know 97 so you know for me that's the person who defines the franchise completely
0: well obviously yeah i mean he's the best player to ever ever play for the franchise um but uh, i mean i grew up with david robinson and uh i remember growing up frustrated so much and i love i love david and i will love david robinson forever but uh uh just the fact that like the garbage that that those the management back then surrounded him with outside of Sean Elliott uh you know trying to win a title with guys like Sleepy Floyd and <laughs> uh JR uh um, JR Reed yeah and uh, uh what was the the dude the big guy's name Antoine um Antoine oh, Carr the, Antoine Carr the big guy, the big dog mm-hmm. he, uh,
2: he lives in he lives in San Antonio
0: Does he? He still lives in San Antonio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I remember he was like he was a spokesman locally there for uh, for uh, Little Caesar, Little Caesars, (laughs) Um, and 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 guys guys like uh, you know like bum coaches like John Lucas, uh, Tark 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 the Shark, Tark the Shark who lasted like twelve games or something, (laughs) and then got replaced by John Lucas and uh, uh, guys like Bob Hill who looked like looked good on paper. Um, but then Didn't he like,
2: got a second chance
0: after or somebody picked him up. After he was in Orlando,
1: a, I think. Was he, he was an well-
0: interim coach a couple seasons ago, and like the biggest splash he made was talking shit about Pop, <laughs> uh, and like Pop wouldn't come shake his hand before the pregame or something. Cause, That's funny. Because famously, in Cody, if you don't remember, like ninety six, ninety seven season. That was my senior year of high school, uh, when uh, Robinson got hurt and Elliott got hurt, and um, that's when
1: we got uh, we had Dominique Wilkins. Dominique
0: Wilkins was our fucking leading scorer,
1: and then that's <laughs> when that's when Pop ousted Bob Hill, right?
0: Right, right. Pop took over, and like the city was about to revolt
1: because yeah. this,
0: this was this was Bob Hill, who at the time had led the Spurs. I think two seasons before that, was at 94-95 to their best record ever at 62-20. and uh, 20. Um, And then they that's when they, f- then they famously got destroyed by the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. No, um, oh,
2: yeah. Olajuwon
0: killed Robinson. Think, yeah, after Robinson got the MVP trophy and Olajuwon, <laughs> Olajuwon supposedly <laughs> said, like, he's got my trophy and then just destroyed him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> which I was like...
2: I, and, and I remember that. I remember that series.
0: And and, and to be fair to to <laughs> David, um, he had almost no help because because Rodman had had firmly checked out at that point. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and, and I think Elliot, I remember I was at game one of that series and Elliot missed like some winning free throws. It was just a bad time. I mean, that being, ah. a, Spurs, being a Spurs fan, a Spurs, excuse me, a Spurs fan back then was tough. Because you were good, but you were never good enough. Yeah.
2: Um, See, for me, was, uh, I, I I jumped on the bandwagon when, when, when Duncan got on board. Oh, I wasn't dude. a Spurs fan before dude, Duncan I all, came on board.
0: Oh, for real? Man. Yeah,
2: I was. I followed Barkley from Philly to Phoenix. Oh, you Phoenix
0: fucking bastard.
2: To, <laughs> but, I mean, I didn't like a specific team. I just liked Barkley. So that's why I was a Philadelphia fan and I was a Phoenix Sun fan. And God I was damn a Rockets it. fan. If
0: I knew that, I would have knocked a fucking Spurs cap off your head, you <laughs> fucking hey, chump.
1: But, that's like those LeBron 19... guys who are like, yo, yeah, I'm a Cavs fan, I'm yeah, a Heat
0: fan. Yeah, or the I, dude, dudes that were Shaq fans, like, I'm just a Shaq fan, like, fuck you.
2: But I, I've been a Spurs fan longer than Cody. I've been a Spurs fan 19 years. <laughs> then you
1: stopped, longer you got than on, me, I've been, I'm 27. You got on right at the same time, you said.
0: Oh, that's
2: oh, right. I'm not
0: doing my math right. Now. I mean, I watched
1: the Spurs before Duncan. I mean, my... Uh, I used to go. My dad's office used to have season tickets, and I remember before Duncan got there, we had really good seats at the Alamo Dome. I remember going to a Spurs Kings game, and Mitch Richmond got ejected in the before the opening tip-off. That's that's the one thing I remember. <laughs>
2: well, I, I remember going. I remember going to Spurs games. I just uh, like the. I mean, the hemisphere I, I I went to a few.
0: I went to but two I mean, games I of the Hemisphere, and they were both terrible, terrible seats. <laughs> that bla- I'm glad but that place when... is gone.
2: But that's when you anybody could uh, afford to sit on the on, on the sidelines,
0: dude. No way, no. <laughs> Come on, no. You're talking your seats were a nickel. You're talking. You're talking that old school. And and I, there are some sportscasters that I know personally that do this shit that talk about the '70s Spurs and the early '80s Spurs as if that was the fucking prime time, because the arena was filled with smoke and you could get seats for five bucks on the sideline because no one gave a fuck because the team sucked. Uh, well
2: yeah that's what I'm saying but you could still I mean the baseline bums were actually on the baseline
0: yeah but you didn't go then because i I went to my first game in like 89 90
2: maybe when Robinson yeah, but I started
0: didn't. and I mean it was at the hemisphere and that place was a dump because <laughs> um, <laughs> i i sat i remember sitting there was a seat and I remember my dad took me I and I think he'd gotten tickets from some uh a friend of his that was a uh, another mechanic guy that he knew. Um, and it was obstructed view. And I remember asking him what that meant. He's like, oh, there might be a pole in the way. And nope, we were like tucked up under the upper level. Like you couldn't <laughs> even see the jumbotron. Like, can you imagine that? Like in an arena today, like you can't even see the fucking jumbotron. Um, and then the very next time we went, it was actually against the Sixers when uh, Barkley was playing for them and Manu Bowl was playing for them. Uh, we literally sat rest at the, in peace. Rest in peace, Manupo. Uh, I think probably... Uh, um, for Long um, Coffin. <laughs> what was the other guy uh, that was big with them at the time? It wasn't um, uh, Spud Webb, was it? He didn't play for the Sixers, did he? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, I thought there was Ooh. another guy. Uh, anyway, we literally sat at the top of the like the very top row, and you could touch the the, the roof. Like that, oh yeah! yeah. I
1: love. I really love how our Tim Duncan tribute is talking about pre-Tim Duncan Spurs. No, I mean because it,
0: <laughs> it was a. It, I'm saying that you, Cody, you being too young, and Kiko, you being a goddamn bandwagon fan. Now that I find, <laughs> I find this out after how long have I fucking known you? And I find out like no, oh, I became a fan when Tim Duncan got drafted. No, fuck you! You had to be sitting in a goddamn parking lot waiting to go to work at Albertsons and hearing you get Tim Duncan in the draft. And you're like, oh shit. Uh, I and remember that.
2: Well, it wasn't. It wasn't just the draft, though, it, it, because that was the that was the year that everybody knew Duncan was going to go one. So, oh yeah, it was. It was when the the cards were open, and they're like, and the first pick goes to, and then
0: everything changed. No, they no, because they didn't. It was because they announced the number two pick goes to right
2: number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, then you know,
0: and then you know, and you're like, oh sh. And I remember being yeah, in my exactly. car like, yeah, oh exactly. fuck.
2: Speaking of which, did any? I mean, have you? Did y'all see the uh, draft this year? Not no. the draft, sorry, the card-picking part.
0: No. Lottery, no.
2: I... What the bullshit was that, man? Look it up. That's that the, the shittiest way to do the, whatever they were, the the uh, lottery balls or whatever. I'd never seen it done like that before. They, I guess they changed up the process or whatever. I, I, it was just, it was I, so anticlimactic. I mean, it, it made no sense.
0: I never like, watch it unless it's during the halftime of a, of a Spurs game, like in the playoffs. Uh... That's the only time I ever watched the draft. Um, no, but, uh, (laughs) let's get back to Tim Duncan a little bit. Um, uh, yeah, that was a pretty game changing thing. And it's, uh, it's, uh, it's weird how, like, like the tributes have have poured in. Have you, did you, uh, Cody, I know you watch it sometimes, uh, any given Wednesday.
1: I haven't seen it in a, in a few weeks.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not a great show, but, uh. That, that was a Tim Duncan tribute from some, one of the guys I like to hear about Tim Duncan from the the most is Bill yeah, Simmons. The,
1: the, the thing that I think makes me sort of OK with it was and Jared, you and I have talked about this at, at length. Um, the first time the Spurs played the heat uh, in the finals, Duncan had that chip shot that he missed. And then he he did that thing where he slammed both his hands against the court. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was I thought that was the end. And I was like, oh, this I please don't go out like this. And because all I really wanted was just one more title for Duncan. And, um, and and he did that. And I was like, man, this would be the most bummer ending of a career ever. And then, of course, next year they won the title. And I think because they got that title, it makes this a little bit OK. Oh, yeah. Um, but but I mean, it's still a bummer. But I mean, that title was huge in Tim Duncan's legacy. You know,
0: well, that's you should watch that any given Wednesday segment then because it talks about that specific event quite a bit. Um, I. I that's the thing with me is like that, that last title was so sweet and just the way they destroyed Miami. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that anything, anything that happened after that, I was like, you know what? I have a five year grace period. I'm giving myself that. I can't get mad. I mean, I'll get, I'll get upset if they lose like in the moment, but it won't be like nothing. Cause I remember, I think, I think, um, uh, after they lost the 24, 24- 14 i'm sorry the 2013 finals game six well yeah after but after well, it was, after after it was six, all over yeah. i they lost right. it in game six they never had a chance spiritually to come back i remember kiko you coming over to my house for something and Uh-oh. like wordlessly uh, not even not even like talking about the game like not even bringing it up you just said something like i don't think i can do this anymore
1: Kiko and I I were actually together for that game six. We were downtown. Oh I know. I was that was a terrible experience. I was working
0: I was working at uh at the at WAI at the time and I was doing social media and I was there for game six and this now this may this may get me like like in trouble for, for a jinx or something. I had the social media. I had the Facebook post ready to go for the win. I And, like, you know, in the, in the waning seconds of game six when they were up, I had typed out something like San Antonio Spurs defeated the Miami Heat for their fifth NBA title in game six. And I remember I, w- I walked over to the sports department because uh, they had the nice TVs to watch it. And Ray Allen hits that shot, and I just said, fuck. <laughs> and then it it ended and I think I threw my hat I was wearing a Spurs hat and I think I threw it across the room in anger like threw it across the newsroom. And then I remember thinking I remember thinking that night like this is we're done. This is over. Like we are not coming back from this.
1: Like that yeah, was Yeah, no, I there was there was no chance we were winning game 7. That was a gut punch. But then, Yeah, we didn't
2: even go out game 7, right? I mean, nope. Cause we went out game six and they're like, no, we're <laughs> just going to take our defeat. Cause I, the way that I thought about it is like, there's, we don't have a chance in game seven. So when they do lose, I can just crawl into my bed under the covers <laughs> and cry myself to sleep, which I did. I mean, that's a big thing. Like I, I felt like literally like felt sick for like the next, like two months. Like you just couldn't get that feeling <laughs> out of your stomach. You that know? was and, an
0: ugly loss. Yeah. Um, and yeah I,
2: I, ne- you never thought it was something uh, could have been uglier than like a the point four there's a, there's been a lot of you know ugly games where you know you just feel bad for the team, but yeah, that took the cake like
0: but easily. I mean, but I mean that sets up that just amazing redemption story in twenty fourteen yeah.
1: well and I think the thing that speaks to Tim Duncan's career more than anything is that is that you know at, you know the Spurs during that time won five titles, but Think about how close they were so many times. Like they were in, con- they've been in contention for a title for two decades almost. Oh, I mean, like it's crazy the run that they've had, and it's all attributed to Duncan.
0: Well, I mean, you look at uh, look at nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and ten. Uh, you had, and, and I don't, th- and I, I, I think somebody, I heard somebody talking about this on the radio. So it's not my thought, but originally, but from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and ten. That's 11 titles, right? Or is that 12? Like 99? <laughs> I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, no, that's 11 titles. You have five of those won by the Lakers, four of those won by the Spurs, and in the mix you have a a, a Miami and a Boston. And, like, no one – like, that's fucking insane. Like, because you don't – because off the top of your mind, you don't put the Spurs in the, that same kind of – the general people public doesn't put that kind of Spurs Lakers rivalry in their in their mind.
2: Yeah, but that's yeah. an
0: impressive rivalry. Like you think, holy fuck! These these two teams combined for nine titles in eleven years. 11 well, and it's because years.
1: the Lakers had them in a row that people don't really n- like link the Spurs in there because there yeah. were some gaps. But I mean, people forget the Spurs had o three o five o seven. Yeah, where they won a title every other year for six years or whatever. So I mean. There's that, and then there's also, you know, I think there was some weird stat where I think like Steve Kerr, or Robert Ori had been on every title team for like seven or eight years. Oh yeah, row. there wasn't. Yeah,
0: there it was something like because it went back to to uh, to Kerr being on the Bulls, and then, then uh, Ori
1: on the Lakers, and then going to the Spurs.
0: Yeah, um, the and then uh, just the 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 way they were so close in '06. Uh, with that bullshit foul on, uh, on Ginobili. Oh, like
1: on against Dirk. Dallas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. On fucking Dirk. Um,
2: it's so funny. Cause when you bring stuff like that up, I know exactly where I was <laughs> like for all, I mean, for every single one of those things it like,
0: dang, man. And then, and then of course in, uh, in Oh four, uh, I'm sorry. Oh three. No wait Oh two was point four, Right.
1: Yeah. I remember exactly where I was for that. I don't uh, think I spoke for about an hour after that. No,
0: wait. Uh, 04 was 0.2. I'm sorry. I'm, 0.4. 0.4. 04 was 0.4. That's it. That's it. I remember because like game seven or game six was uh, – or what was – god damn it. What game was that? That was game five. Yeah. 0.4. Yeah, because it was tight. Okay. So game five was 0.4. Game six was the night of my dad's uh, 50th birthday party. I remember – and I remember like just being like, I'm like, this is not, we're, we're going to lose. And I just barely watched it um, because I knew that our spirit was broken. But then that, and that, that uh, game, if you uh, remember, has probably the greatest lost Duncan shot ever that happens right before the point four. Oh no. Yeah, it's not, oh yeah. On the top of the yeah. key over, over Shaq. Yeah. I um, don't think that's lost. I think Between that
1: and that. the the Duncan three pointer against Phoenix, Phoenix. yeah, That's I, a, was I was at that game. Oh, I was yeah.
2: at that game too.
0: I I was uh, I something was going on. Some it was somebody's fucking birthday, and I don't remember who it was. Some some family member of mine. I had to be somewhere, and it was before like smartphones were were around. So my friend uh, was texting me updates, and he was like, "Oh shit." Duncan just hit a three pointer. Like Duncan hit a fucking three pointer, um, and I think that was the the winning shot, right, or the go ahead shot at least at the time. No, it, it took him to overtime. Game. Oh, it was tied Oh, that's right. That's right. Because the the one over Shaq was a was the go ahead shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, but that's that,
2: the that's the that's the go to um, reaction of Tim Duncan hitting that shot. It's the the fist in the air.
0: Yeah. The, but yeah, but like I mean, that, but that shot is. Oh, the three pointer, you mean? Yeah, yeah. But that one over Shaq, goddamn it, that would have been the greatest shot in the fucking history of the franchise. And then, <laughs> goddamn fucking Derek Fisher. Anyway, Tim Duncan retired. Um, you'll probably never see him again. He did a, an exit. <laughs> it's true. You'll probably won't. Uh, he did you think
2: that. Do you, you think he'll stay in town?
0: Yeah, I think so. Uh, if anything, because his girlfriend has work there. She does all that uh, stuff for the missions. Um and the car places. He's got what does he get he's got his and he's got his car shops there too, the Blackjack. Um he did that exit interview, I guess with his like lifelong best friend on that like Virgin Islands streaming radio station. Did you yeah. listen to any of that? <laughs> it's a pretty good interview, but it's like what? Like you looked at it and it was like sponsored by like uh like St. Thomas like chicken restaurants or something it was weird i was like what is this i don't even understand what this is but it turns out it was like his lifelong best friend um and i listened to a little bit of it and it's pretty interesting but
2: can can espn use that and run a little bit of it
1: or no oh i'm sure yeah, with I'm permission sure,
0: i'm sure they're fine with it. i mean you have you have a fair use thing a little bit here and there and you just credit it i, I mean i think it was a favor to this guy you know, just because they're friends. You know, yeah, it's not
1: like... I, I mean, I just, I think the point needs to be made. Just, from, just a last exclamation that it's going to be very weird to watch the Spurs without Tim Duncan somewhere Especially in the lineup.
0: With, with the corpse of Manu Ginobili still playing.
1: Oh, for a ridiculous <laughs> offer too. I man. no, you had to, you had to give him that money. You had, to. You I heard, did,
0: but I mean, I heard that he that uh, the 76ers were in the mix with that. Yeah, no, last, the 76ers
1: – yeah. So th- what happened was the Seventy Sixers offered him two years, thirty million, yeah. and, oh and that was triple what the Spurs originally offered him. So at God. the eleventh hour, the Spurs had to triple their offer to him to keep him.
0: God. It was triple. I thought they were only getting you three.
1: No, it was triple. It was more a little more than triple. Look, from what l-
0: I read. Look, I am over the moon grateful from for two thousand four through like two thousand ten, Manu. Mm. Everything after that I've been like all right you you earned your your status and then the 2013 finals was my breaking point.
1: Uh, no. Oh, but he, he could, came I, back after that and was okay. I A's think it's
0: okay, but like him watching him like try to be his his same unpredict like trying he to He was pretty good last year.
2: I think was, if he, I think if he plays smart he'll be fine. If he can give us 10 and you know 4 and 4 or something like he that. He can be a know? spot
0: up like 3 point shooter. I'm I'm tired of the the crazy passes that sail into the stands. That was that was my biggest thing about the Miami series in 2013. But I, was I mean, like, that's stop.
1: That's the full Manu experience, though. Like you gotta live with those because he does something crazy. Oh man, the but next not, play. That's but, I mean, that's just the Manu experience. It's been like that since day one. I
0: know, but it doesn't. The the return of investment is not as high as it used to be on that crazy shit. Like I could get away with the with the. Uh, The fucking bad pass out of bounds when he'd he'd uh, finish it off with a pass between somebody's fucking legs and and then a dunk from you know you know Nesterovich or some bullshit
1: when when Manu (laughs) retires that's (laughs) when Manu retires that's going to be interesting because for people listening who aren't in San Antonio Manu is a
0: god here oh yeah I mean uh, you, you know he's he's probably the fan favorite. You know, oh, yeah. Outside of Duncan, um, you know, who's just should be the default favorite. But Manu's always been the 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 guy that has had people go crazy for. And I mean, he he's an was an amazing player in his prime and he's lost oh God, yeah. a lot of steps. You know, I mean, he was basically the face of international basketball for so long, especially after mm-hmm. the Argentina uh, beat yep. the U.S. And was it oh, four or oh, eight? When they got humiliated, uh, I think it was wait yeah. When when Duncan was like, "I am fucking done with this." <laughs> that was his. He's like, "I am done with with playing international." Bag. And that was when they like they had the return of the dream team. Like touted it so 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 yeah. much the next time around. I don't remember. It wasn't. It must have not been two thousand four. It must have been two thousand eight.
1: I'm just I'm just glad that we don't have to experience the anxiety that we see when Duncan grabs his knee anymore. <laughs> I just. I just know every time that happened, my heart would sink.
0: Frankly, I haven't been worried about that for years because he hasn't been like the star of the franchise for, I mean, look, he's Tim Duncan and it's always going to be welcome to these contributes, but there's some games he just doesn't play and it's still a fucking victory, you know, like purposely doesn't play or yeah. didn't play, I guess past tense. I mean, I
2: it still, still would have been, it still would have been cool to see him go at for the 20, 20th season. Nice round number.
0: <laughs> I I really just don't, I don't think he just, I just think he doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'm done. I'm through. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he said in that interview, if you listen to anybody, he just, he said it, he just wasn't having fun anymore. So that's it. Bye, Tim Duncan. Thanks for autographing Bye. that comic book.
1: Thanks for flying on that airplane with me.
0: Oh yeah. On a Southwest flight, right?
1: Dude, Southwest regular ass, not even business select, just like regular Southwest coach.
0: Was he like he lines up and he's like I'm in I'm boarding order C. Dude, they let they let him
1: they let him go <laughs> way before everyone else. <laughs> Where the
0: fuck was he were you flying again? I Orlando.
1: Oh, was it that time? No. It was it was like 6 years ago.
0: Why the fuck was he flying business class to Orlando? Or no, Southwest, not to, I mean Southwest
1: to Orlando. I have no idea, but I just remember like it, it was the most surreal moment of my life because I'm like – like he was sitting like four rows in front of me in that plane, and I was like, why the hell is he just flying coach to Orlando? I just like – it was I was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. He's
0: like, I got a good deal on a, on a Disney vacation. Was, he by, he, was he by himself or was he with his family? He was
1: with his family.
2: It's because he knew he was going to take so many pay cuts later on in life that – the guy made like
0: $200 million in his career. I think he's fine.
2: Hey, that goes by fast. Ask um, Alan
0: Iverson. Or Latrell Sprewell. That's why the he's in those commercials bro, yeah. making fun of himself.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. That's such a sad commercial.
0: <laughs> anyway, um, moving on from Tim Duncan, I just want to talk about some uh, events that I went to. Thanks to some of our people that uh, help us out a lot. Uh, the Rift Tracks Live Mystery Science Theater 3000 reunion. Cody, I know you thought about going to see that,
1: but you didn't. Yeah, good story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Anyway,
0: that was uh, broadcast live to theaters. Fathom Events puts those on. However, next up, you're very interested in Mothra, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like I was telling you, I think that uh, kaiju Japanese movies are like inherently really silly. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know rich field to mine. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even
0: know what that rich field to I mind. could like there's there's a saying
1: about like a um like a a well or something I could not <laughs> think of it. A deep well. There's a lot of
0: jokes they can make about a Kaiji. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm um, to say. <laughs> Yeah, that was some of my favorite stuff when they did Mystery Science Theater 3000 was the Godzilla and Gamera movies. And this is supposed to be a nice like widescreen restored print of Mothra. Uh so I'm looking forward to that. But the Mystery Science Theater three thousand reunion was great. Um this was the, the debut, the riffing debut of uh Jonah Ray, a comedian that I, I like that a lot of people were leery of um uh doing the he's taking over Mystery Science Theater three thousand, the uh the one that was kick started last year. Um
1: Let me let me ask you this, because I think you were I you were excited about it but not like overly excited did this reunion like fuel the fire that made you think that you you know spent your money wisely
0: yeah you, one of the, the my issues with the mystery science theater 3000 reunion kickstarter which i backed proudly uh the a lot of the lead up has been um uh, like like production stuff which is fine but it's an awful lot of production stuff for a show that was kind of built on the cheap, which was part of the appeal. Um, and the fact is that, that my relationship to it is based on the personalities that were on it and the writing. Um, I don't so much care for the, I mean, all the, the premise is okay. Like, Oh, it's a guy's trapped in a spaceship and he's got his robots. You know, I built one of my own fucking robots from the show, but it's not really what drives it for me. You know what I mean? Um, so seeing all of this, uh, production stuff, um, was not really what I wanted. I wanted to know more about the writing process. I want to know who's going to be the writers and it's got great people behind it. Like Dana Gould, uh, as a guy that I've liked for a long time. Um, uh, somehow Adam Savage is going to be involved in it. Really? Yeah. I'm not really sure how, um, uh, one of the former head writers of the daily show is the head writer for the show now. um, I I kind of feel like a little bit like it's a, a you know it's mystery science theater 3000 in name only because all of these bigger names are coming in to take over for it. You know when when the charm of it was kind of a midwestern puppet show and that's what it really got back to with this uh with this reunion show and it was they they shot they did it in Minneapolis um you know all the people that that were performed on the show most of the people that performed on the show came back and and the jokes are very, you know, midwestern politeness, passive aggressiveness. You know, it's like watching a, a less accented version of uh, Fargo or something. Um, but that's that's my trepidation with the new Mystery Science Theater three thousand. However, uh, in the interim, I have riff tracks which I love, and these live shows are really a lot of fun. Um, I would just actually downloaded my. Uh, my copy of uh, their first live show this year that I got with the Kickstarters, Time Chasers, and that's a great cornball movie um, about time travel that involves like a Cessna plane and floppy disks. Huh. Um, so uh, that's, that's, uh, that's where my loyalty lies right now. The new Mystery Science Theater 3000 has to prove itself to me. Um, not that it owes me anything, but I did pay money to back it. Um, and they got something like five million dollars, so I'm just a drop in the bucket. But... <laughs> you don't get a producer's credit. Yeah, I don't get a producer's credit. And I, I, I might, I think I get my name on one of the episodes, if I'm not mistaken. But, That's uh, pretty good. But, but you know, there's a lot of people I like involved with it. Like Pat Oswalt is a cast member. Um, uh, some comedians, uh, like Jonah Ray is the host, who I, who I enjoy. Um, anyway, uh, so that was uh, that was. Past, I think, uh, Mothra is coming up in August, I believe, or September. I don't remember exactly when. Uh, you can get your tickets at riftracks.com/slash live. Also, uh, our friends at Fonz PR, uh, in Alamo Draft House uh, hooked me up with uh, a chance to see Jaws on the Water. Ooh, uh, that's Did a- you go already? Yeah, it was, uh, actually Fourth of July weekend. Um, oh, cool. Unfortunately, again, we didn't get to talk about it before then, but it's, um, if if you don't know the premise, uh, you go to like uh, this was at a place here in Austin called um, uh, excuse me called uh, the um, Next Level Ride, and it's uh, one of those parks where you uh, you can water ski, learn to water ski, and uh, uh, the idea is that they they put a big inflatable screen up, and you get out on the water in a tube, and you watch Jaws. Um, now. I love Jaws. Uh, Kiko, you've seen Jaws, of course, right? Oh yeah. It's it's, it's a great movie. You know, one of Steven Spielberg's best. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of my, uh, one of my, uh, my strangest memories of movies is I saw all of the sequels to Jaws before I saw the first Jaws. <laughs> and I think I was a teenager when I first saw the first Jaws. Cause I, I remember watching like Jaws two with my cousin Years and years ago. And uh, then watching I think Jaws the Revenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and, and then I remember because my also my same cousin had uh, the Jaws Nintendo game. Did you ever play that game?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's awful and it's impossible. Yeah, it's, re- and, like, yeah, it's
2: impossible to beat.
0: And yeah. the fucking you have to shoot Jaws with like a, a spear gun or something. Anyway, and then I remember uh, seeking out Jaws three, which Excuse me, uh, which took place at uh, SeaWorld Orlando, Mm -hmm. and it was a 3D movie, and it's awful. So I had not – I didn't have a proper sense of what Jaws was. And then I remember – I think I didn't – I want to say – and this is going to sound bad. I didn't see it until it was released on DVD. Uh, I finally saw the first film, and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. How did these other movies even happen after this movie? Um. You know, so
2: it was fun it was fun being in the water and
0: watching it? yeah um it's it's uh it was a little windy and uh it was a little hard to kind of stay put so you had to do a lot of paddling uh, <laughs> uh, you just
2: what, flow closer to the screen or
0: well yeah I mean you could you could uh the wind was like a lateral wind so it was blowing you like aw- like sideways away from the screen so you had to like keep paddling to stay close to the screen I mean it's not it's nobody's fault you know it's just the wind um, but uh, we uh, we all got uh, jaws tubes like they you part of the admission was a tube uh, that like to float in you know it's not just an inner tube it's like a a clear plastic floaty tube with handles and it's got jaws uh-huh. on it it looks like a shark's trying to eat you from underneath the water and uh, i I don't know if Cody's back I know he told me he was going to the restroom are you there Cody?:
1: Yes, I'm here okay
0: cool. Uh, One of the other things that was there, and this speaks uh, to another part of another thing that Cody and I wanted to talk about was that uh, they were selling posters from Mondo, which is uh, um, a boutique uh, art. What would you call it, Cody? It's a.
1: It's kind of like a a limited edition alternative movie poster thing. Yeah, it's a pop
0: culture thing, you know, pop culture, you know, lots of movie posters. They were selling a Jaws print there. Um, which, um, as of late, I've Cody and I have gotten have delved very deeply into the the online world of uh, trading these things and buying these things from other people around the country.
1: Yeah, it's gotten ugly over the past <laughs> couple weeks for me personally.
0: And I bought one of these jaws prints to trade with someone for a different print, and um, yeah. it's uh, something. What the uh, fuck was that? <laughs> I think Kiko farted. You there, still, Kiko?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that was a weird noise. <laughs> Um, no, uh, so, so they were selling a Jaws print that was only available there, and it was highly desirable among people that we were interact with on this Facebook group. So I was able to work that into a trade for another poster that I wanted. But I oh, think like, you've spent a shitload of money, I know.
1: We're in, super, like, we're in so deep that like I have you driving around Austin to pick me up something that I bought.
0: I was telling Kiko this story before you got on that I dropped a poster off to you uh, halfway between Austin and San Antonio
1: uh uh-huh, and it's hanging on my wall right now
0: and it what what's it for tell everybody what it's for
1: it's a where the wild things are print
0: you fucking millennial hipster
1: hey that was kiko's number one movie that year so it's not just me
0: was it really your number one movie when it came out i love that movie really i
1: thought it's so funny. like in the past week i've bought where the wild things are i i i got into commissions and now i'm buying into a commission <laughs> of the of the Cornetto trilogy of Edgar Wright's movies. And then yesterday or two days ago, I bought Dallas Spires Club mud in the town. <laughs> so uh, I'm screwed. And, oh, and then I got someone in Canada to buy me a Let the Right One In.
0: Oh, yeah. You texted me that because you uh, it was a, it was an exclusive to some show. Yeah. And you were, you were hoping, I guess hoping they would find you one, but then also hoping they wouldn't so you wouldn't be obligated. To, yep. your, we, to yourself to buy it.
2: What are we talking about here? What, I mean, what's the price range for these things?
1: They uh, retail usually about fifty bucks. They're aftermarket anywhere from like seventy seventy to a hundred twenty five
0: somewhere around there. You're talking like a, a twenty four by thirty six like screen printed poster that has a production run of about
1: usually about two hundred to three hundred. Well, and they're and they're gorgeous. Like I mean, they're oh, just yeah. amazingly done.
2: Like that, where the wild things are poster that you showed
1: me. How many of those were made? So that's a variant. So there's probably only about a hundred to a hundred fifty of those out there. In fact, I can walk over and see what how many there are because it's usually written on there how many like what its number whatever of whatever.
0: But oh, in
2: uh, pencil, yeah, and pencil at the bottom, yeah.
0: Um, you know, it, there's there's a lot of stuff out there, and there's a lot of people that love it. Um, my walls are covered in them right now because fucking Cody. Got me into it like two years ago, yeah. And I used
1: to think it was really difficult to get, and they are difficult to get from Mondo. Um, but like, but like the the commission stuff that I started on is like next level shit because, like Kiko, the commission that I got for the Cornetto trilogy posters, there's literally only 50 of them being made. It's, mm.
0: it's technically a bootleg because nobody's; it's not licensed. But right, who right. Cares? But like the the. It's gotten easier for me to go to the Mondo stuff because I get invited to the VIP, like pre-show stuff, but humble brag. Um... <laughs> Rest in peace, Harris <laughs> anyway Anyway, uh, so we're d- in deep into that. We'll probably go to MondoCon again this year.
1: Oh, yeah. MondoCon's great. Um, but only for like a day. Like, I mean, once you've ex- like walked the floor. But you know what was interesting about MondoCon last time was that the artists were putting up new posters throughout the day. So – you know, you could walk by and see stuff that wasn't there before, which was really interesting and weird.
0: You were drooling over that Scott Pilgrim one, and then you regretted not buying it.
1: Well, and then I got it for ninety dollars cheaper than it was at the con. I so. picked that
0: one up for you too.
1: <laughs> yes, you did. I was, you, you...
0: <laughs> I was bitching for you back then too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, You're like
0: Chris Christie, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the uh, the fupa though that Chris Christie does. <laughs>
1: is it technically a fupa on a man or a gunt yeah but but, 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 i think there's
0: only women terms for that you know what we're talking about right kiko
1: i
2: have no idea you don't know what a fupa is look
0: up never do you have a computer in front of you
2: no i don't but i'll look it up look up like
0: just look up chris christie gunt (laughs) g-u-n-t okay it's like it's like when uh when fat guys don't don't uh take their belly into account and they pull their pants up uh oh and, like, yeah cinch their cinch their belt on their belly so it creates yeah, yeah, like yeah. two bellies like
2: uh i connect it it? with um i connect it with the penguin from batman returns
1: I yeah i we should tell kiko what the fupa is and then edit it out of the show <laughs> why should we edit it out yeah <laughs> I, I don't know because it's, <laughs> it's pretty uh yeah just look
0: up FUPA, F-U-P-A, or GUNT.
1: Uh-huh. You, can probably like figure better, Gunt, you but, could probably but, figure but, GUNT out. Yeah, but FUPA is better, but the, it can't be a guy because a guy doesn't have the P part of FUPA.
0: Well, you could just say
1: penis. Yeah, but that's – or like pubic. I guess yeah. that's – yeah. Come
0: on, Cody. Work <laughs> with it. Work with it.
1: <laughs> well, I don't, right, I
0: don't it. know where the fuck we got to with this. I don't know why we're talking about – Chris Christie's,
1: Chris Christie's FUPA. Chris Christie's FUPA.
0: <laughs> if we titled episodes, that's what this would be titled. <laughs> Chris Christie's FUPA.
2: We should start tiling episodes. I like that idea. We'll start with a hundred.
0: Just instead of what we're reviewing, like, just call it. Like, epi- episode <laughs> right, we can do,
2: we can title it and put a colon. And episode then... 81. Chris Christie's FUPA.
0: <laughs> All right. On Enough of that. Let's go ahead and move on to reviews.
1: Here are this week's reviews.
0: This week, we've got Ghostbusters. Answer the call.
1: Uh, Ghostbusters. Oh, Conductors in the metaphysical. Okay, cool. See ya. Hey, guys, which one of these makes me look more like a doctor? Who oh, was on the phone? phone? Uh, the Stonebrook Theater. There's a goat on the loose. I'm gonna load up the car. Okay. Okay. No. okay, okay, okay. No, I got look at those
2: I fixed it. Man, this is so inappropriate for this vehicle.
0: Oh, we
1: have fun. <laughs> Woo! me Woo! my bed. I see my wall. must be big Those who you call? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh. Did you want to? I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time.
0: Following a ghost invasion of Manhattan, paranormal enthusiast Aaron Gilbert and Abby Yates, nuclear engineer Jillian Holtzman, and subway worker Patty Tolan band together to stop the otherworldly threat. We've all seen this since uh, Kiko. I get the sense that you probably know a little bit more about Ghostbusters than uh, baby Cody. <laughs> yeah. What would you think of Ghostbusters? Answer you know, the I'll, call. I'll, we're, gonna call it, we're just going to call it Answer the Call. I, I told Cody we were going to call it. What would you think of Answer the Call?
2: Why are we going to call it that?
0: That's what they fucking titled it.
2: It's Lady Ghostbusters. Get it right. <laughs> ghost girls. You can call them ghost girls. They call each other ghost girls in the movie. Anyway, I'll I'll, I'll preface my uh opinion with the uh, with uh
0: the fact that I that you hate thought... women and they have no right <laughs> being in movies.
2: <laughs> no, not at all. Uh that I think that the original movie from 1984 is just okay. I'm not a big fan of it. I thought it was good. Um not great like everybody thinks that's my age. I don't know. I think you, you're, you're that way, right, Jared?
0: You, oh, I think you, you it, I, can... I, I love it. I mean, I, I don't, I, I know it's not perfect, but I think it's, uh, I think it's tight and, um, and I, I just, I think Bill Murray
2: is, I think Bill Murray's is great. In it. And I think that, that that's what happens here in, in this one. There's just, uh, there's one really strong character, um, that I really liked and I followed her and I laughed at her part the most, which is
0: Kate McKinnon. Um, See, I am the only one that doesn't agree with that. I think
1: in the world. Oh, but I don't. Like I didn't. McKinney. I didn't like Kate McKinnon. No. Okay. Well, you. You. I know how. But you didn't like
2: movie. the movie. People. We're talking about people that actually like the movie. Yeah. So fuck well,
0: you. You didn't either. So, so why are you talking? Well, so about I
2: didn't either, but I didn't hate it like you did.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: way to anyway. spoil the, yeah.
0: my opinion. Yeah, you there. can go home, Cody. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I, I think that. Uh, it had a lot of problems for for me. Uh, I, I thought that there was a lot of great one-liners. I thought there was some funny one-liners. Um, and, and the first half of the movie I just felt was a lot funnier than the second half. But uh, Kay McKinnon was the only reason that I was laughing uh, most of the film. Um, the, the other ladies were great. They're, I mean they were okay. They they're fine. There they they were some funny uh, sequences. <laughs> I love that... how it
1: goes for the other ladies were great. They were okay. They're fine. <laughs>
2: but um, I think it was trying to do too many winks uh, to the uh, original and, uh, but then also trying to stay fresh with, I don't know how many different variations of the song we got. (laughs) The the clip
0: uh, I just played was the, the fallout boy version, which.
2: Oh, right. Which, yeah, I didn't, I mean, I don't, I don't get that. I don't know why they did stuff like that. And then also um, the, Oh my God. I mean, for people that are real, uh nostalgia driven you know in terms of like liking the first one i mean everybody was waiting to see how the original cast was going to be implemented into this new movie uh even i was uh, and uh they just comp- i thought they completely dropped the ball in it every single cameo that's in this movie is terrible i thought um i hate the fact and i'm not going to get into it too much because i don't want to spoil it for people that have not seen it yet but um the fact—I'll just say this—but the fact that they're not playing them, their characters was just the wrong decision, I think. Okay,
0: um, no, <laughs> hold on, we gotta stop. That's dumb because this—this is not a sequel. Oh, something just played. Sorry. God damn, I hate this. I hate those fucking ads. <laughs> if you heard an ad, just play now. Okay, it was I'll, me I'll take cussing that back. Over then. Look, I'll, it's not a I'll, sequel, so. I'll take so it back.
2: Not... I—I'm I, I fine that they didn't—they didn't play themselves, which even though I would have liked to have seen that. I'm fine that they didn't. I just think that if you have Bill Murray even for a couple of hours on a movie set, you have to give him something
0: amazing. To oh, do. I, I think I think they whiffed Bill Murray's cameo. I thought it was I thought it was not good at all. I I, I thought it might have developed. I was waiting for it to develop into something good, and I think they blew it totally.
1: Can I can I just say something? Interject really quickly. Um, for Ernie Hudson's cameo, um, uh, there was a, there was a guy in the theater when I saw it earlier today. And a guy literally, when Ern like was quiet the whole movie, and then when Ernie Hudson came up, did a double fist pump and goes, "Yes!" And I was like, "That is the most excited anyone has ever been for Ernie Hudson." Oh, you know what? Ever. It, I mean, that one was telegraphed. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, oh no, that was. I mean, totally the, telegraphed. they like, like phone.
0: They phoned me ahead before I even got in the theater. Like. Uh, yeah. That
1: one. That was, well, I sorry mean, about that joke. It, like I mean, I don't even think his like. When he comes home for Christmas, his family isn't even that excited as that guy was. <laughs> uh,
2: uh. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they tried to have their what's the saying? Have their cake and eat it too. By you know, they they really f- kind of played along with the uh, the the whole blueprint of of the original and how it started. Even even though I did like kind of the I like, kind of like the way it started. Um, I I, might, I would have rather have seen Bill Murray play the, the guy taking them on like the museum tour, See, I, they, they didn't give him anything to do. They, I mean, they, oh, they,
0: well, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm on the record with agreeing with you that his cameo was, was not good.
1: He doesn't even uh, get a laugh in the movie. Yeah. Really.
0: Um, but I, I think the movie starts out really strong. I love Zach woods in the beginning of this movie. Uh, if you don't know, he's uh he plays the, like the guy doing the house, like like the tour of the house. And he's a, a mm-hmm. cast member of Silicon Valley. He was on the office. Right, and he's got that kind of weird, like deadpan, awkward charm. Um, so, so that I, I didn't mind that. I mean, I, look, I don't. I knew that these cast members, the original cast members, were going to be in it. I'm fine with you know uh, Dan Aykroyd showing up as a you know a blank in this movie for two seconds, and Ernie Hudson in the most telegraphed cameo of them all. Um, I didn't understand what Bill Murray's part was supposed to be. And I think they blew it. I, you know, I don't want to see them. I, I, I don't really care that they were not, uh, you know, the other ones were not interacting as majorly as Bill Murray. Cause Bill Murray is really what people want to see from the first film because he's right. become this cult. They, god. I think
2: it just would have made more sense just to make them all the daughters of,
0: or something that come on, man <laughs> no. there. I mean, why not? I mean, cause it, then you, then was... you've got a totally different movie. Then you exactly. rewrite the movie. Well, okay, if you want to rewrite the fucking movie, then sure. I'm but... doing it
2: right now. I'm doing it right now. It didn't work. You're saying that the cameo, Bill Murray cameo, didn't work. Yeah, but so I don't. Well but just...
0: that doesn't work either. Like all the daughters of the Ghostbusters band together.
2: Why wouldn't it work? It's just as dumb of an idea.
0: Well, look, I, I look, I I want to say uh, for the record, I have no problem with with this being redone at all and i think the people that fucking bitch about it you know ruining their childhood or any other fucking horse shit you know you don't have to watch the movie like i that the 1990 total recall still exists even though that colin farrell piece of shit came out three or four years ago right right. you know i I can still go watch fucking total recall this you know this is people whether whether what do you whatever you think or not these are like these are the comedy pros today you know, right. these, this is Paul Feig, who, for better or worse, is the female comedy director in Hollywood. These are the top female comedians. Um, you know, it, I had no problem with it being remade. I have problems with the movie, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the premise.
2: It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they're women either, which is completely baffling to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't give a all shit, shit about hatred. that That's came out. Stupid. And how did it not how did it become like the worst? or the most hated trailer. I mean, it had to have been because of that. And also because
0: of the, I didn't think the trailer was great, but I didn't think it was bad. Yeah. Either.
2: But you don't complain that much about a trailer. I mean, it's a fucking trailer.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you know that I mean? people got confused because the trailer hinted, seemed to hint at the fact that it was a sequel. Cause it talked about 30 years ago, blah, blah, blah. But I look, this movie had, it was fighting an uphill battle. Because people were hating on it, but uh someone who does not invested in it, let's talk to Cody. I know you hated the movie, but I mean, we've already spoiled it, yeah. but, but what's... so i
1: actually I actually saw um the original ghostbusters not too long ago in the theater, probably about a month ago and i and I actually really liked it um, oh, did you do the
0: fathom the fathom event? yeah, I did the
1: fathom thirtieth anniversary thing, and yeah. um i I really enjoyed it um. And uh, a lot more than I thought. I because I, I, I had seen it once before and I thought it was okay, but the, the second time I really liked it. I really did not like this version, and I have a number of problems with it. First of all, I think the best part of the movie is probably Chris Hemsworth. I think he was really funny. Mm-hmm. No, um,
2: see, I just I think it was too on completely. the nose. A couple,
1: yeah, I, I I think it was too a couple like he was too dumb. I but I, I think that he gets some of the best one liners in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I think the I think.
0: The movie – I think it's his, – his gag starts funny and it went on too long.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean it's the whole movie. I mean that's –
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I also think that the best of the principal cast is Leslie Jones. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm.
0: I, I'm not – I'm not um, sold on Kate McKinnon. I don't – I love Kate McKinnon. Don't get me wrong. She's just too weird. It's just yeah. too
1: weird of a character and too random of a character to where she's playing off the fact that she's weird.
0: Have you have you heard – and I saw, remember I remember watching the movie and thinking this to myself. She was written as gay and that's I, I was totally like, neutered.
1: And, I, it is. It is. And, and, Paul and Feig, I was thinking that, yeah.
0: There's an interview on The Daily, Be- uh, the Daily Beast uh, with Paul Feig. And he essentially confirms that Sony made that come out, like p- pulled that like confirmation that she was a lesbian out, which I don't f- – like, come on, man. We're in 2016.
1: Well, As- I, I, that, that was actually – that's a great point, Jared, because I remember thinking why aren't they just like outright outing this woman because she's like – she's winking at Kristen Wiig the whole time and yeah. like – you, there's sexual tension in there. Like we're like we can handle this. Like gay marriage is legal. Like like I mean, what more do you need to show that we can handle that? But they didn't. They we never a,
2: expressed it. We need um, a we need a lesbian Elsa. That's what we need, guys. Yeah. Lesbian Elsa.
1: Now, one of the interesting things is that they said that Melissa McCarthy. They were originally going to give her Leslie Jones's role, but then they gave it to Leslie Jones and let her be kind of the outlandish one. And I think it works a lot better than had they given it to Melissa McCarthy, who's actually. The least annoying she's ever been in this. Yeah, movie, this is I her think.
0: straightest role ever, and I think yeah. probably because it's not an
1: R-rated role. Right, right. Um, now, and- I, I, the biggest—I mean, I had several problems. First of all, I think I don't think that it's very funny. Um, I, I don't think that there's any big laughs in it. Now, you could argue that there don't have to be any. But um I didn't really I never found myself really laughing at anything that wasn't like a quick aside um, in a in a quick one liner. Um, I think the biggest problem I had was that everything felt really arbitrary to me um,
0: I don't get that complaint that's a weird complaint well, that because seems very me, vague <laughs>
1: well okay, well, I'll go into detail then this th- there are references to the original film that don't make any sense other than hey, it's a reference to the original film like. Like there's there's an entire backstory to the Stay Puff thing in the original where, you know, you see like the Stay Puff marshmallows on in, in the on the counter with uh in Sigourney Weaver's apartment, and then Dan Aykroyd thinks of the least intimidating right. thing he can. And like there's 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 great payoff to the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man in the original Ghostbusters. And this one, he just appears randomly with no meaning behind it well, other than the fact that it harkens back to the original movie that and i think that is the biggest problem with this movie is that there's arbitrary references to the original with no payoff
0: well that part specifically is what bo- is is something that bothered me there's seems to be a big giant chunk cut out of the third act uh yeah. of and 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 the stay puffed appears as a, a balloon in a fl- in a parade that's supposed to represent like I guess turn of the uh, like 1920s New York because for some reason in the climax uh, of the film it turns into 1920s New York and it's never explained.
1: Well, and uh, that's, I, I think that's another big problem the movie has. It again in the original film the apparitions take the form of like Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis and like it's it's earned because well, you know you know that those they're taking the the form of that well they're, then, they're they're inhabiting their bodies' not taking the right exactly, but then in this movie there's like just they're fighting like pilgrims like what like why no, I, like, look, I, just...
0: I mean I, I don't have a problem with with that i I think that the the problem is that that there are, are chunks of this thing that just don't make sense story wise no, and like i all. said the 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 film the climax feels chopped up, and I think it's weird because they take what I assume was part of that climax and stick it over the end credits.
1: Uh, <laughs> like the yeah, that's a, that's a good well. That's <laughs> I,
0: I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but yeah, there's a big chunk. There seems to be something that's taken out because because there's a setup for what happens over the end credits. That you're like, okay, what's going to happen, and then nothing happens, and then over the end credits, you're like, oh, they must have cut this out.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it was so it's it's so obvious though that it makes it feel. Like a mistake, I mean, well, right,
0: and 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 like I said, like you're, they're, you know, they're walking around essentially 1920s Times Square, fighting these ghosts, and it doesn't really make any sense.
1: Yeah, there's no connection to anything.
0: And the 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 uh, the villain, uh, Rowan is his name. His motivation, I mean, he doesn't really do anything. Like, there's no. not really any explanation. I think that's the biggest problem with the movie for me uh, is the story. I think it's damn yeah. funny in the beginning. Um, I think in the middle it gets really lumpy and 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 strange because the the whole thing with uh, Andy Garcia as the mayor and Cecily Strong, um, like their kind of reveal to the plot doesn't really make any sense.
1: I, I think I think what you're uh, a good a good way to put it is that there's a huge chunk of this movie that serves. As entire like entirely exposition, and that's all it well, is. Well, right, and
0: and and if you look at the original movie, and you know, because this is a remake and it references the original so so much, you look at the original movie, and there's that big like train like kind of day to day work montage in the middle of it. Yeah, that I think makes the payoff a little more earned. Um, yes, uh-huh. you know, it it's well, uh, you
1: you know why they're doing what they're doing, and then it, like it's so weird that they just jump from like. Um, Like they're studying ghosts to then capturing them, like like it's just like this movie moves like it's two hours long, but it moves super fast through its plot, and it's like it, like you said, it feels like there's chunks missing throughout of it, and it's yeah. it's just very well, uh, weird. I, I, I well, will say though, you were talking about Andy Garcia. I think my biggest laugh of the movie was, when he got offended by being compared to the mayor to jaws. Yeah, that yes. Was,
0: that was a great joke. That was a great
1: joke. That was really funny.
0: Yeah. Um, th- like I said, there are a lot of funny lines in here. I think the beginning is really funny. I love the stuff of Zach woods and Ed Bagley jr. Um, <laughs> especially when, uh, when they first, when the, the women first meet, uh, Zach woods and, uh, it's a, it's a stupid joke and it has nothing to do with the, the movie plot in any way. But they're like, if we're here to see so-and-so, and he's like, he died so, oh, so many years yeah. ago. And then he walks up and they're like, well, that's him right there. Oh, yeah, that's so-and-so Jr. He's like, well, that's <laughs> obviously what I fucking meant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I like the middle of it, it, it doesn't – because there's no p- real passage of time. Like you never see them kind of on the job. And I think right. that's that's one of the things that that happens a lot in kind of modern. Uh, that was a, a huge problem with Smith *Man of Steel* for me was that you have a, a three day old Superman. You know what I mean? And you, essentially, you've got like a month old Ghostbusters in this movie. Um, you never see it kind of be the blue collar gig that the first mo- that the original movie did. And you know what? It should stand on its own, and that's fine. Comparisons to the original movie aren't necessarily fair, but it's going to happen. But
2: see, well, yeah, I think it that, is it's, fair I, because I, it's, if it's fair, it's fair because they, they reference it so much. Right. Well, no, yeah. I, I'm, okay. And that's, it's named I, agree, I agree.
1: Ghostbusters. Like you no, can't, it's, it's named you Ghostbusters name the movie, the same thing and not expect comparisons. To be made.
0: Uh, Cody, it's called Ghostbusters. Answer the call.
1: Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I hated the, speaking of plot, I hated the, uh, the secondary plot with that guy that looked like the son of, uh, the, the, Son of the guy that was in like, I don't know. He looked like something out of like a uh, human centipede.
0: What are you talking That's what about? I was
2: the, the guy, the, I don't want to ruin it, but the the main guy, the villain, the villain? yeah the villain.
0: What are you talking about? Secondary plot.
2: Well, I mean, he's like, he, he's not part of the, I mean, I guess he is the plot, but he's like a secondary character.
0: The antagonist. And, uh, um, the bad guy. so
2: I didn't like any of that, uh, sequence or any of those sequences at all. Um, and then I hate, I, 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 and I I'm going to ruin it a little bit, but the materialization of the, the ghost was just completely crap to
0: me. Oh, and I loved the look of the ghost personally. I thought, it, I thought no, that,
2: the the fact that you could kill the
0: ghost. Oh, that was a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did I'm not like t- that. At I'm all, not at all. a fan of that development myself either. Like, yeah, they could actually physically like destroy a ghost. Right. That right. was, yeah. Plot wise. That's a little, that's a little uh, too much for a fucking ghost fighting movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I did kind of, I did like the, using the weapons more.
2: I did like the web. I like some of the weapons. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, I think that comes with, uh, technology. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you needed in there, there always has to be that character that can create, but like the ghost puncher, I, I thought that was a cool little thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's, there's, I, I, I didn't dislike the movie. I mean, there are, there are parts that I don't like and there are things that I don't like, but ultimately I enjoyed it. Um, I, I I don't think it'll be something like because AMC has been showing Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters. I'm actually two a watching marathon. that right now on mute. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, I mean it. they won't be a movie that I dip back into and just kind of relax to, um, you know, because I know it so well uh, in the future. But I, I don't think I I think it's fine. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and let's wrap it up. What are your grades? Um, I'm
2: right in the middle of both of you guys. I, I didn't love it or hate it. Uh, I'm at a C plus. Well, which I don't is, love uh, it either. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't like it or hate it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm still a no recommendation at a C plus.
1: Yeah, for me, I mean, like I said, I think that I think there's some funny stuff with Chris Hemsworth and Leslie Jones. I think that Kate McKinnon was kind of a whiff um, in terms of just being too weird. And and like I said, my biggest problem with the movie is that it re- it's self referential, but with no payoff and i think that there's too many references to the original with that aren't earned that are just there t- to be there to make the whole thing just feel really joyless to me um i didn't enjoy it at all and i give it a c minus
0: wow i'm at a b minus i did enjoy it um I, I i have the problems that i have with it um i think it's fine um as i said it's not it, it won't replace the original ghostbusters for me it doesn't tarnish the original ghostbusters for me um it has made my life as a as a shitty shitty consumer better because there's so much goddamn ghostbusters stuff that i want in the stores right now <laughs> all these guy- but
2: Ghostbusters stuff that is connected with this new one or it does it really matter for it you it doesn't
0: really matter i mean i do have the action figures of the new ones but um the they you just throw that ghostbusters logo on it which is one of the the best logos i think in film you know it's it's super iconic and it was wise of them to use it um you know unchanged as it were but you know they throw throw a ghostbusters logo on some twinkies and put some marshmallow coating in them i'm gonna buy them
2: <laughs> to to eat them or I to them. add I into them. your
0: collection I, the cake food doesn't uh keep well cakes don't keep well i do have some old cereal but that's a madness for another day. And
2: uh, and yep. some uh, juice, right? Don't you have like a ecto? Oh yeah, the
0: ecto cooler. Shit, I totally forgot Ecto-cooler. about the ecto cooler. That was a huge deal coming back. Um, and it's 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 basically neon green, orange. Speaking of the ecto
2: cooler, I didn't like uh, Slimer's new look. I'm sorry.
0: It's exactly of- it's exactly the same.
2: No, it isn't. He had like a freaking face, like a human face almost.
0: Dude, he- I just watched the scene in the first movie, go look at it again. You're, you're confusing him with like the cartoon Slimer. I know you are. He has a car. He has a, he has a human face or a human ish face.
2: Mm, I'll have to look.
0: It's maybe, if I it's not, I, it. if it's not identical is it is similar as fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're, I think you've spent years watching uh, the real ghostbusters. Like any good kid of the eighties would have. Which is still a great show, by the way. Um, and Slimer was was way different. Um, oh and yeah, I man, I did not like that ending to the film. I thought it was way too sincere and like was exactly the same as Big Hero Six. You know what else stage?
2: I didn't? You know what? No. You know what else I didn't like? The is portal the, thing.
0: So, oh.
2: What else I didn't like is the fact that uh, I mean I love when you know people ad lib and, and do things like that, but I don't like when they ad-lib and you can tell that there's another better joke that they left on the cutting room floor. And for some reason they chose the one that went into the movie. I I, I, like Paul Rudd. You see that a lot in the cuts where he, you know, he did like 20 or 30 different sayings or whatever. And in this one, I felt the same way. Like it was like, okay, that you can tell that that was not really the funniest thing that they had, but whatever. Um, I don't, I don't like when that happens. It feels too forced. Like,
1: I, and I don't think it can be overstated how like how awful the Bill Murray cameo is here. Like it's <laughs> it just it is it like it hits with such a silence that I just like it's it like he they literally do not get him a joke in this movie. And it's just a travesty.
0: Yeah, I I, I get a weird sense that like they just had they invited Bill Murray in and asked him what kind of ideas he had. And that's well, it's what almost he, like he has out. a
1: gun to his head. Uh,
0: I don't think Bill Murray does anything he doesn't want to do. I mean, you've heard how he how he has an answering machine only for roles, right? Like right. Like he doesn't have an agent. He just has an answering machine. Uh, so I don't think he's doing anything he doesn't want to do. This feels like that kind of Johnny Depp sort of thing where it was like, hey, man, whatever you want to do. Like he might have just been wearing those clothes he was wearing and they just shot him as he sat down, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not. Like that's the the cameo everybody's waiting for, and it's just a big turd. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, not worth the hate. So fuck. No, you. no,
2: de- no, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely not worth the hate.
0: Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this week. Next week, another seemingly troubled film that uh, turns out won't be screening for everybody. Traditionally, Star Trek Beyond.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I just checked what? it on Rotten Tomato- uh Tomatoes, eighty-eight percent. Yeah, it's
0: gotten a lot of good reviews.
1: I don't know what the
0: fuck Paramount is doing with this movie.
1: Well, I think Who's I that? think Anton Yelchin's death
0: really kind of soured. I, I'm a lot not. Of it. They're not. I. They're not screening it in Austin or or lots of other places. Um,
2: why well, Why aren't they screening it in
0: Austin? I don't know. I talked to the studio rep, and it's they. It's some sort of. They're not. They're only screening it as part of a marathon that that anybody could go see that's basically just release date.
2: And you know, they're screening it here though, right?
0: Yeah. But you got lucky because it's part of the Hispanic, uh, screening.
1: So ah. You got, you got, a, you
0: got a few seats for that.
1: Mm-hmm. So I got an email about it, uh, being in Barco. I wonder if, um, our screening is going to be in the Barco theater. I don't know. That's don't the know. trip. That's the, the screens on the left and right side.
0: Yeah. They, yeah, that would, I would hate that personally, but, uh, Uh, Yeah. So but that seems to be kind of nationwide. The only reviews have been from the premiere, which um, I believe was in London. Uh, So uh, this has been one of those movies that was marketed poorly, I think, and has just hit roadblock after roadblock of of, like bad luck because everybody hated the first trailer. And then Simon Pegg, who fucking co-wrote the movie, said he hated it too. For the trailer? Yeah, the first one that had like a Beastie Boys song. Was it Sabotage again? It was Sabotage. God damn it. Um, Like in a motorcycle jump. And then the second trailer I think nobody really cared about. And then Anton Yelkin dies. And then they announced that they've made Sulu gay. And then fucking George Takai is like, "Eh, I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> like, fucking, like like what this movie cannot can't win catch a break. yeah so and then now um it's got great reviews um but you uh, know
1: what? i'm excited because i love the first two movies and i'm unapologetic about that and i think when you and i saw the symphony thing we both walked out of that thinking you know what star trek in the darkness is pretty good
0: yeah i mean i it was better it was better than i had let it become in my mind it still has a problem of uh of being uh, uh, too reliant on that goofy, stupid JJ Abrams mystery box shit that doesn't mean anything. And probably a little more of the Damon Lindelof stuff, where like there's a reveal that doesn't mean anything and secrets that were kept that didn't that don't mean anything. Um, you know, with Khan showing up because like Khan revealing himself as Khan in the middle of Louis doesn't mean a goddamn thing, and you talk about arbitrary references to the original film that is a number one offender right there because it doesn't mean anything to anybody unless you've seen the star trek II: the wrath of khan which of course most people that saw the movie did but it means nothing to the movie itself I,
1: i i i agree but i do think that the the reversal of the wrath of khan kind of dying scene was great and i love that
0: i'm not a fan of that but you know that's fine um, to eat your own, yeah, it's fine. You can just criticize the exact same thing in a different movie, and you think it's the worst thing ever. But in a movie you like, you like it, so it's fine. It's just
1: kind of. <laughs> hip- just you kind didn't of... reverse anything. In Ghostbusters is the same fucking just, thing. Just kind of hypocritical, Cody. It's okay. It's oh, right. blow me. <laughs> uh,
0: no, um, so I'm I'm going into it optimistic. I kind of get the feeling that this is the last one.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Um,
0: I think that not it doesn't seem like people are excited about it
1: well let me and let me just say this mvp of that series carl urban
0: carl urban i agree i don't he's so great i don't like i don't like spock i don't like what they've done with i don't like zachary quinto's spock i don't like it i don't carl urban's great carl urban's great i really like chris pine Chris Pine's awesome um I don't like Spock and and Leonard Nimoy was one of my favorite things about the original Star Trek, but i don't like... is is Alice Eve back in this one i don't think I don't so.
1: I don't think so um, uh i don't I don't even really like Simon Pegg in these I don't either I don't either I think that the the draws to it are are chris pine and, and, and Carl urban yeah as Bones. i don't
2: I don't like anton Yelchin in in the movies
1: well, you won't have to see him anymore.
2: I am crushed that you said that. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh no, Jared! <laughs> hey, you're Don't the... cry. Don't
1: cry.
0: That was a... you're the one that you told me that, like the next day your geeks who drink someone's geeks who drink team you went to was.
1: Oh, I don't oh I that. wasn't I wasn't a part of that. That was just a name
0: that I. What heard. was it? Anton Elkin's death left us crushed or something? Crushed us, yeah. Crushed us. Oh man, that's awful. But weirdly, that's like the most publicity that movie got because fucking paramount barely advertised this thing until like a month out
1: the thing that i'm worried about it is that weird female alien character i don't know what the hell's going on with that and then also putting idris elba in like shit tons of makeup oh it, god it, i know like but why you know even... what you know what's funny about that is they did the same thing i didn't realize that the original villain was eric banna until like months after i saw Star. Trek. what really? he totally looks like eric banna yeah he looks like doesn't eric he Banner. looks like he, well, never mind. I was going to make a reference that nobody was going to understand. What was two? He looks like Michael Simon from the Food Network.
0: You're right. Nobody was going to understand that. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Simon. Why well, don't you know what that is? That a, a star?
1: He's a chef. Yeah.
0: Is that he's? Is he like Guy Fieri?
1: <laughs> a little bit. Wow.
0: Uh, yeah. Remember You know.
1: You know that's a good reference. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I'll look him up. Uh, I won't. Uh, yeah, putting—I don't understand putting Idris Elba under that much makeup. I don't
1: understand it. That's because you think he's so handsome.
0: Dude, that is a good-looking dude. I loved him. I—I I really liked him on The Office, and I liked that that was. I know a lot of people didn't, but I hate him on The Office. Do you hate him more or less than you do Will Ferrell on The Office?
1: <laughs> less.
0: Yeah, Will Ferrell. That was well. That was bad writing. Anyway, so uh, anything else opening besides Star Trek? I don't think so, right?
1: No, but uh, I, Lights
2: I Out. I, what? Uh, light, a movie called Lights oh, Out. Lights oh, Out. Oh, Lights That's Out. Right.
1: And also, I, I'm I'm going to be reviewing, and maybe you guys can too. There's a um, a a movie coming out. I'm trying to get the name of it. I have a screener of it that we're going to dedicate just maybe like a few minutes to. Um it's like some zombie train movie that sounded kind of interesting so I I was like hey yeah I guess I'll do it. Is the train
0: um, is the train a zombie or is it full of zombies? Yeah no
1: no no the train is a zombie. <laughs> no it's a um
0: <laughs> But they don't call it zombies they call it rail railers. What? Because well, apparently in a zombie movie you can never call a zombie a fucking zombie cuz it's, it's a
1: movie called Train to Busan B U S A N.
0: Is it what where is it from? Is
1: it um, let's see. I'm checking now. It's from Wilgo Entertainment. They usually do Japanese and Chinese movies.
0: But is it, uh, is it Chinese? Is it, what is it?
1: I'm trying to look that up right now.
0: It looks like it's Korean. Oh, is it? I don't know that for sure, but the names look Korean.
1: That's racist.
0: What? They're Korean names.
1: Well, let me find the press Yeah, it's notes. from,
0: it's from South Korea.
1: Okay, cool. So Who you. actually do good, good movies in South Korea? They, some- they, they do some pretty solid horror movies, so. Yeah, and this one's like a a, a zombie train movie, so I'm actually uh, kind of intrigued by it. Yeah, Here's a synopsis. Train to Busan is a harrowing zombie horror thriller that follows a group of terrified passengers fighting their way through a a countrywide viral outbreak while trapped on a suspension-filled, blood-drenched bullet train ride to Busan, a southern resort city that has managed to hold off the zombie hordes, or so everyone hopes.
0: So it's uh, a... uh what's the movie that everybody snow loved? piercer yeah snow that's Piercer. It. zombie Snowpiercer. mm-hmm yep all right anything else before we wrap this bad boy up
2: I think we're good
0: yeah uh if you wanna reach us, you can email us at podcast at dot net you can call us at nine two zero film two one zero that's nine two zero three four five six two one zero I'm totally lost i'm falling asleep
1: Did I yeah well the let me just right? add something let me just add something too. You're welcome for I'm, I'm talking to our audience.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> we'll edit that one out. <laughs>
0: if you want to find us, find us on Twitter at CineSnob on Facebook at CineSnob Critic. Uh, come see us at Alamo Draft House Park yeah. North, July 25th, 730 p.m. Bridesmaids Champagne Party.
1: And come watch us. We're doing more Facebook Live stuff. We're gonna start kind of doing a little bit more content there. And, and there's been some good viewers there. So you know, we're just gonna throw on some extra stuff. Maybe some stuff from live events. I was so trying to fa-
0: I was trying to Facebook Live the Jaws on the Water thing. And the reception you did like sucked. five seconds. I, I I actually did like two minutes, and then it cut out on me. And I guess it didn't buffer right, and then it uploaded like five seconds of it.
2: Were you Were you shirtless?
0: No. Too. Come on, it was you know banned that?
1: for inappropriate content.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of balls. I've lost a lot of weight, but I ain't got that kind of balls yet. So not yet anyway, someday. Good show, guys. Someday. Good
1: show. Yeah, uh so anyway, uh Yeah, thanks for gracing us with your presence, Kiko.
0: Yeah, Mr. Fucking Radio over here. Nah. I'm
2: alright. Thanks, Timmy. Thanks, well, Timmy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Tim Duncan, for thank nineteen you. years of pure domination. Yeah.
0: And thanks for autographing that comic book for me that time.
1: Oh, and me too.
0: Yeah, I got it for you. I remember.
1: That's an. And you were uh, like, it,
0: you were like, he put his name on it. Now I can't. He put my name on it. Now I can't sell it. I'm like you, I didn't
1: f- say I. I no, you, I like asked you, you. Did he write that, or did the f- did the comic book <laughs> Arthur write it? Because I don't give a shit about that. But if Tim Duncan wrote his name on it, I'm all about that. Yeah, he did. And my name. What? I said his name. I meant to say my name. Oh. Yeah. Did, oh, speaking of, did you guys see? Um, the new trailer, uh, teaser trailer for the Lego Batman. Holy shit!
0: I didn't. It's hilarious. I didn't. I am so leery of that movie because I feel like that Batman was one joke.
1: Dude, watch the watch the new trailer for it. It's so funny.
0: Okay. Anything? <laughs> sure. Darkness. Yes. Uh, yeah. See, I, I thought that was one joke. Why is it taking so long for another fucking Lego movie to come out?
1: I don't know, but man, I love the Lego movie. I love the Lego
0: movie, too. It's
1: probably my favorite animated movie of the last decade. That's another
0: Mondo poster I keep wanting to buy.
1: Oh, the Tom Whelan one?
0: I love Tom Whelan stuff. I bought The Lion King the other day. Anyway, so on that note, I'm Jared Kingery.
1: I'm Cody Viafania. And I'm Kiko Martinez.
2: Thank you for listening to the Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit CineSnob.net. See you next week.